0: This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca. And welcome to the Wednesday edition of Game Misconduct. I'm Don LaGreca. Now, I have done many podcasts here from arenas around North America. And I'm finally doing one here at UBS Arena, site of Rangers Islanders tonight. And it's so cool. First of all, let's just start with... um, Just my experience here. People that know me, people that have listened to this podcast, listened to the Michael K show, know my career. That it all started at Sports Phone in Elmont, New York, way back in the day. And I worked there from 92, basically to 2000. And at least through 98, we were located on Elmont Long Island, which is right off of Hempstead Turnpike. uh, And it was right off of the Cross Island. And so I had so many memories of just driving out from North Jersey, paying $11 in tolls, making like $8 an hour, no money. Uh, I finally was made a supervisor in 1994, making nineteen thousand and a half, and And it was how I started my career. And I was young at the time and, and driving all the way out there. And so when I was on the cross island, just bringing back a lot of memories of when I was young, just driving out to Sports Phone, wondering where my career was going to go and here i am driving on the cross island heading to this brand new building that i don't think any islander fan thought was ever going to happen and to have it be right there as soon as i got off the cross island right there in hempstead turnpike there it is on the horizon this beautiful new arena so just crazy all those years of driving out here to see the arena and i'm going to be calling the game there and i'm going to be doing an afternoon drive show from there just pretty cool that um, you kind of just get a reflection on the sacrifices you make to try to make it in your career, not knowing where it's going to go, and then feeling pretty good that you know you got at least a, a reasonable distance into what you hope is a, a pretty decent career. So that was kind of something I was thinking about when I was driving out here. And this building just blows me away. It just outside, it's aesthetically pleasing. It looks just gorgeous with all the brick, and it just kind of fits right into the neighborhood. And then you walk in here, and it's just beautiful. I'm looking forward, um, after I finish the podcast and before the K show starts to kind of just roam around the concourse, check some things out. Now, as far as the press box is concerned, and I tweeted out a picture from where our booth is going to be for the broadcast, and it's parallel to the, um, to the goal line on, on the, uh, the far right side, so it's not ideal, and it kind of feels like the Rock in that sense, where the Devils play. Where you're a fair distance from the ice, and you've got the scaffolding and all oh, the uh, the catwalk kind of in front of you with the big projected uh, screens that are acting as monitors for the highlights. So it kind of has that same feel to it. But the building is just so great, and I'm so happy for Islander fans that they have this beautiful building. Unfortunately for them, the team hasn't matched the building and it's not really their fault I I think it was their fault early on with a slow start but you know 13 straight games on the road now they come back here for their third straight at home and they're 0-2 here and didn't get a break from the schedule makers either considering who they had to play those first two games with the Flames and the Leafs two of the top teams in the NHL and we'll talk about that when we do our top five a little bit later on but now they just hit with COVID and it's just so demoralizing to this team tonight they will play without Anders Lee Josh Bailey, Zdeno Chara, Ross Johnston, Adam Pellick, uh, Kiefer Bellows, and Andy Green all on COVID protocol. And on top of that, Ryan Pulak's going to miss with a lower body injury, and Brock Nelson's going to miss with a lower body injury. So these are significant players. So even if you say, well, Ross Johnston might not even have played in the game tonight, and, you know, um, you could talk uh, about that. Zdeno Chara certainly was going to play. Andres Lee one of their top scorers. And The the conversation now has kind of shifted. And Chris Botta really got this started on Twitter back um, earlier in the week about should these games be played or should the nhl pause the islander season until they get some of these players back now they did get uh, anthony bovillier back because he had a false positive so he was in the lineup in the loss to the leafs 3-0 and he'll be in the lineup tonight for the rangers but these are significant players never mind pulak and nelson that's going to happen injuries are going to happen but we're talking about seven players on covid protocol there were 10 senators a couple of weeks ago. Uh, and they banged three games. So why? what's the line of demarcation? Is it eight players? Is it nine players? Is it the 10 players the Senators were missing? Um, I guess it's just kind of a feel by the league whether you're able to put up a team. And listen, from a competition level, you're going to be seeing some players make their uh, National Hockey League debuts or play in the NHL for the first time in a long time. It's been a long time since Hickey has played in the NHL. He's going to be up here. Um, Anatoly Goloshev is going to make his National Hockey League debut tonight for the Islanders and actually play on the top line uh, for the Islanders, getting a chance to play with Barzell and Ponik. So, you know, they're they're shorthanded. I mean, their blue line is going to consist of Mayfield and Salo. Salo is going to play in his second NHL game tonight. Uh, they're going to have uh, Noah Dobson and Thomas Hickey and we mentioned that you know, Hickey hadn't been in the National Hockey League in a while. Sebastian Daho and Grant Hutton is going to be the third pairing. So you take a look at the games played. As I mentioned Salo is playing in his third National Hockey League game. Excuse me for that. Um, And then you take a look at how many games has been played by some of the other guys in the blue line. I told you Golishev is going to play, uh, make his National Hockey League uh, debut tonight and get a chance to play on the top line and Hutton is going to be playing in his third game so you know, there's a lot of inexperience with this team especially this year but they've got the goaltending um, with um, Sorokin and Varlamov healthy you do have players like Barzell you do have players like Clutterbuck they're able to keep that, third, that fourth line which is so significant for this team with Sezekis Martin and Clutterbuck together but you know, from an NHL standpoint, when do you consider that it's non-competitive? When do you consider that it's such a disadvantage? And, and, and when you have to kind of shut it down, and Ottawa was 10, so is it 8? If, if one more player entered protocol with this game be postponed, would it be 3 more? You'd like to have a little bit more clarification, but it's tough. Because even if you gave a certain number, like, all right, if you hit 10 players, but what if those 10 players are not as significant as some other team that has five players out and it's basically corrupting their top two lines? Or what if there's a team that only has four players on COVID protocol, but it's all of their goaltenders? You know, like so even putting a number on it it's really tough to determine and uh, I guess smarter people than me have to figure out whether you should be able to play in the game or not I know a lot of Islander fans I know a lot of Islander executives and people that cover the team thinks it's bogus that they could get to continue to play and it stinks for them because we talked about it with EJ Raddock back on Monday you know they've dug themselves such a significant hole you wonder if they're going to be able to get out of it uh right now the Islanders sit in last place in the division and they are third to last in the conference. So they sit here with 12 points. Now, they've only played 15 games. So they've got a ton of games in hand. A lot of teams they're chasing after. Pittsburgh right now holds the final wild card spot with 20 points. So they're eight points back. And they have three games in hand on Pittsburgh. So they're not done by any stretch making the playoffs. But when you consider the start the Carolina's off to with 29 points and 17 games played, the ship has probably sailed on this team winning the division. The ship may have sailed, especially if they're going to continue to play shorthanded for the upcoming games, for them to get home ice advantage. And I mentioned this on Monday, and this is significant for Islander fans. You're used to the last couple of years going to the third round, getting eliminated by Tampa where when you're taking on the big guns, you're taking them on in the third round that you've earned by the way that they play the regular season to play lesser teams in the first couple of rounds of the playoffs. That's probably not going to happen unless this team goes on a bit of a spurt to which... They're going to have to play, you know, the Tampas, the Floridas, the Carolinas, the elite teams, maybe in the first round. And that might really jeopardize their chance, even if they're healthy by the time we get to the playoffs, of being able to make a significant run. And that would be a shame because it's an older team and you just wonder when the window begins to close for this team to win a championship. And they've already lost six consecutive games in regulation. Now, the NHL stipulates that it's a losing streak if all the games come in regulation. It's a winless streak if you do lose in overtime or the shootout. So this is the first time that the Islanders have lost six consecutive games in regulation since January 23rd of 2010 to February 6th of 2010. So we're talking about over a decade, 11 years, the last time this team has had this bit of a problem. And the schedule... And certainly COVID protocol has a major reason for that. But you got to try to overcome and try to steal points. And if you're the Rangers tonight, you don't know what can happen to you down the road, right? You don't know when you might be in the similar situation that the Islanders are in. So you want to stockpile points whenever you can. You've got an Islander team tonight. You've got an Islander team on Sunday. So two of your next three games are against this Islanders team. I'm not sure who's going to be back from COVID protocol by the time we get to Sunday at the Garden. So if you're the Rangers... You want to make sure that you get the points you got to get. So I'm not going to say it's a must win, but for a division that is completely up for grabs and it's going to be so difficult for you to be able to make the playoffs in the National Hockey League, you better make sure you get the points you're supposed to get. And we'll see if the Rangers can take advantage of that tonight. And I'll have the call coverage on 9870 SPN New York will begin at 7 o'clock. The faceoff will be set for 730. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, let's take a look at the games last night. It's finally over. Um, a game is played in which we did not see Connor McDavid register a point. So a streak comes to an end. And Dallas really stepped up. They looked great last night. This game went a long time without there being a shot on goal. And then Dallas does finally get a couple of quick goals midway through the first period. They get a power play goal from Hints, then five minutes later, Robertson, he tallies on the power play. So the Oilers end up dropping uh, a game in Dallas to the Stars. 4-1, Mester just 22 shots on goal. And the only tally for uh the Edmonton Oilers was uh McLeod his third from dry sidle and Pooley so no points for Connor McDavid so his streak to start the season comes to an end with at least one point and it ends at 17 consecutive games so he's gonna have to try to start that up again the lightning we're gonna have the top five coming up and I think they're gonna crack there. 35 shots four nothing win over the Philadelphia Flyers and you're starting to see Steven Stamkos warm up here um um, Corey Perry gets his first goal as a member of the Tampa Bay Lightning. So good on him as he's trying to stretch out his career as he kind of bounced around a little bit over recent seasons but now found himself on a chance to win another Stanley Cup. And Vasilevsky just quietly just goes about his business, making 34 saves to get the win there. The constant and consistent uh, Vesna Trophy candidate every single year. And the Flames, they win over the Chicago Blackhawks by the final score of 5-2. to two. It's always the players you're not thinking about, right? It's always the players that, you know, you think of the Kachuks and the Goudreaux of the world. But Lucic is still a very good player for them. And also, I, I think the acquisition, we might have talked about this um, earlier in the podcast. And I think we definitely talked about it when we did the Ranger Flame game, the game that they lost uh, 6 to nothing back uh, a couple of weeks ago in Calgary that what 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 the Flames have done because the Flames are ready to contend right they believe they can make a run but they don't have a lot of players with a ton of postseason experience outside of Lucic. so what do they do they go out and they get Trevor Lewis who's a part of those Kings championship teams Uh, they go out and they also acquire uh a brad richardson was also uh, a part of those teams and those that that's where you start to kind of build some continuity when you're able to get guys that have been very competitive uh, deep playoff runs and i and i think calgary is ready to contend edmonton is still a major force there vegas is going to be heard from in the pacific division that's for sure but Calgary's really impressing me. They can kind of play you any way you want to play. You want to get physical. You want to open it up. As long as they can continue to get the goaltending, right? I mean, that's going to always be the key. Is Markstrom going to be the goaltender he's been so far this season? Because you know that Edmonton's Achilles heel is going to be between the pipes. So is Markstrom going to be able to give them quality goaltending? And that's certainly going to be the key. Well, it's Friday, and you know what Friday means. Don McGregor's Friday Top 5. All right. Well, the best place to start when you're doing a top five is at the bottom. Number five. Number five. Yeah, it's time to bring the Tampa Bay Lightning into the conversation. You know, I really do not judge them during the regular season because they've obviously got their sights set on way more important things than winning games in October or November. So I kind of take their starts. I kind of take what they do in the regular season with a grain of salt because they're kind of built to make runs. But, you know, this is a little bit of a different team, right? You know, points been hurt for them. You know, Johnson's now gone. You know, they've lost a few players that were part of the championship team the last couple of years. Barkley Goodrow, certainly gone. you know, so they missed some pieces. So I do think there's a proving ground here. And then when you take a look at what Florida's brought to the table in that division and how good Carolina is in the Metro, certainly there's a lot more competition I think in the East other than what the Islanders have been for Tampa over the last couple of years so i do think they have a little bit to prove here but they're playing some you know really just tremendous hockey over the last couple of weeks and they're starting to really warm themselves up they're now in third place in the atlantic division seven one and two in their last ten they've won a couple of games in a row they've been phenomenal on the road at five one and one i've got tampa cracking the top five at number five number four yeah i got the leafs still in the top five and i've got them at four uh eight and two we talked about last week when we put them into the top five their structure and, and how well they are playing so yeah listen they've got a lot to prove once we get to May you know they can do all they all the winning they want to in October and November even in December and even in January and February they're going to be judged on what they do in the playoffs but I'm liking what I'm seeing and I've got them at number four number three you know I've got the I got the Florida Panthers still there just because of the sheer numbers right they've been able to win three in a row without bark off and that that really proves something to me they've yet to lose at all regulation overtime shootout at home they are 10 and 0 which is absolutely spectacular and they're finding a way to get points on the road as well three two and three doesn't look that impressive but when you look at it as eight games on the road and earning points in six of those eight well that tells me that you're doing something uh, right so i've got florida at number three Number two. Just talked about them. The Flames have to be, to me, number two. They're in first place now in the Pacific Division, 9-2-2 on the road so they really haven't played a lot of home games they've played just seven games at home at Scotiabank bank saddledome and they've won four consecutive games remember this is the team in the midst of a long long road trip that they had they finally get a chance uh to come back home and beat the uh chicago blackhawks but they have they, they had that long road trip and they did very well on it and now they're in first place you know edmonton's been a little shaky here uh losing last night of regulation things have kind of cooled off for the ducks they they've lost a couple of games in a row troy terry's uh, goal uh, point scoring streak comes to an end and now the flames kind of just cruise in the first place and i have them at number 2 number 1 yeah. And they, they listen. They blinked, right? The Hurricanes have blinked. They did lose uh, uh, the other night in overtime, but they're still seven-two and one in their last ten. They've only lost one game at home, and they've only played seven home games as well as compared to the ten that they've played on the road. And yet, still have twenty-nine points, which is tied for the most in the league. However, they've got a game in hand on Florida. They played only seventeen games, so to have the best record in the NHL and still have you know two games in hand on uh, Washington, they've got a game in hand on the Rangers. Game in hand on Florida in the conference. They they have proven that up and down, you know, Anderson's been great in goal. They're just getting so many different players. Uh, Nate just is really coming to his own here to make a, be, be a dominant player. So, listen, the Carolina Hurricanes are just a terrific, terrific team and is certainly deserving uh, to be number one. So I didn't give you a heads up that I was going to do a podcast. I kind of left it nebulous on Monday because I really wasn't sure how was it was going to be. You know, coming in with the Thanksgiving uh, holiday and what the traffic was going to be like, even with zero traffic, it takes me an hour and 20 minutes to get out to the arena. So I figured it might be a long time. I might be just showing up here in time for the K show, whatever. But I got here. No problem. The arena was really easy to get to. Parking's terrific. So Islander fans have to feel real good about where they stand right now as far as the future and with this arena. Just hope that the hockey can kind of catch up with the, uh, the arena. And I think it will once this team starts to get healthy. So. So I just wanted to be able to get a podcast up there before Thanksgiving. And I just want to wish everybody out there that commits to listening to Game misconduct, the most wonderful Thanksgiving of all. Try to stay safe. I'm going to try to have a little bit of a special podcast coming up on Friday. I was going to take a knee on it because the Rangers are playing at one o'clock and I'm doing the pre and post against Boston. But I do think we might have a little something special the day after Thanksgiving for a podcast coming up on Friday. So stay tuned to Twitter to see what it is. But if you're a fan of hockey, if you're a fan of the Rangers, I think you're going to be pretty excited about the podcast that I might have lined up for you on Friday. So stay tuned for that. So enjoy your Thanksgiving. Don't eat too much. Have a good time. And we'll talk to you again on Friday. This was the Wednesday edition of Game Misconduct. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don McGregor.